but there's no like there's no like one answer. There's not like one one thing that fits everything else. There's no really I yo, I took a spill on my dirt bike right here, ate it. It was like the worst <laughs> it was the worst one yet. On this hill, yeah. Yeah, on that right there. Yeah. I think there was a like a black walnut there, but whatever. Hi, I'm Takashi Wicks. And I'm Nikhil Thoda. And this is Tuna Pasta, a collection of conversations recorded across the United States where we look for stories and lessons on the road from the people and places we often pass by. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, mile 1753. Since the beginning of our trip five days ago, we were steadily moving north up I-95, cruising along the East Coast. Philly was our turning point to finally start in the right direction, west to California. After four hours of driving, we arrived in Hulmville, Pennsylvania, about 10 miles north of Philadelphia. We drove up a small hill just off the main road to be exposed to a unique plateau of green, capped by an old lumber yard and long dirt road. Being transported from the interstate highway immediately onto a windy New England hill, we drove down the road to a house built of huge cobblestones, placed in the center of an open field neighbored only by a barn built along the curb of the land. Minutes ago, we were driving across the industrial Ben Franklin Bridge in view of downtown Philadelphia. Now, we were driving up a dirt road to a 300-year-old colonial home with a shirtless man on a John Deere lawnmower in the front and a strong pup by his side. Our host came out with gloves covered in dirt, a feather in her hair, and celery in her pocket. Her name was Juliana. My name is Juliana Likens, and we are in Humeville, Pennsylvania. H-U-L-M-E. V-I-L-E. To paint a picture of the setting of this interview, and justify the noise, we were walking with Juliana through the fields behind the house, as she was showing us the backwoods and forests while also searching to find a baby tree. We're on Black's farm. It's 33 acres of uh, pristine, natural farmland. Uh, it's going to be sold soon to developers, but it's in Lower Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So could you kind of give the story about how, like, this what this place is, how it exists. How I got here? And yeah, how you got here too. We gotta find this cedar tree, cause I gotta, I gotta do two things at once. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, my boyfriend's family owns a junkyard down the street and his dad is best friends with Freddie, who is the owner of this property now. Freddie's family owned this, this farm for five generations and it used to be a Campbell's soup farm and they used to grow tomatoes here and they owned all the way up to Durham Road. Wow. Oh, cedar tree so um, I got here by I got here because I wanted to, I I wanted to leave space after Freddie's after Freddie's mom died in March 2016. We're right on top of it. Here, Juliana found the tree and started digging to get it out. And I got here because I wanted to leave space to grow. I have a big garden, 89 by 33 foot garden, and uh, I was helping Freddie get the farm back together and make it almost a working farm. Uh, yeah. So I do Airbnb uh, through uh, my, I own an advertising agency. I do marketing for owner-operated small businesses. I advertise for the junkyard, I sell things online, and I advertise for small businesses. My biggest cu customer is a property in Manhattan called uh, East Village Furnished Apartments, Off Soho Suites, and uh, parking, 13 parking garages. How did you get involved with uh, that kind of advertising? I started doing it when I was... I started doing it when I was six for my mom. My mom was a real estate agent, and she had me delivering flyers door to door. So from that started, uh, you know, like doing that for clubs and you know, and your and your 
whatever adolescent. Then I got a job working for a radio station where you do almost similar things. Put up posters, you know, do the promotions there. I was on the radio for a little while. Um, and then I started, um, I started working for like magazines selling advertising. And then I was like a personal assistant to an editor. That got me a job at a huge national server. And from that job, I learned how to do Google AdWords and uh, search engine optimization, and that got me a lot further. And now I do Airbnb. So I do Airbnb for this property. I do Airbnb for, oh, I'm sorry. I oh, know you're good. <laughs> I do Airbnb for this property. I do Airbnb in Manhattan, which makes me be able to afford to play in the woods and dig up trees all, you know, all day. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I... Yeah, I sell stuff on eBay and everything. I sell a lot on yeah, eBay awesome. lately. Though. Can you describe what you're doing right now? <laughs> right now, I'm digging up a cedar tree from the middle of the pasture. I've been having them avoid it. As you can see, there's tall grass around it. Yeah. Because I didn't want them to do it. Because I save, I steal trees, and I steal plants out of the ground, <laughs> in the woods, everywhere I go, from people's yards. It's like a really bad habit. <laughs> so how did you get into gardening? Stealing plants? And, and uh, we can call it stealing plants as well. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You know, they had plants. I wanted them. End of story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. So, I got into gardening years ago. I don't know, I wanted to grow my own food. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, we have a huge garden here. Yeah. We're growing potatoes, we're growing peas, we're growing beans, we're growing tomatoes, we're growing cucumbers, we're growing squash, we're growing pumpkins. Freddie used to be a huge pumpkin grower. He had, like, record pumpkins, like like 800-pound pumpkins. Oh, so you used to do, like, those competitions? He did, yeah, years really? ago. I, I, Not me, but uh -huh. we only grew a couple really big ones. Oh, wow. But, yeah. But I'm not into that. I'd rather grow quantity, not massive, stupid ones. Do you just grow it for yourself, or do you grow it? Do you sell it in markets? Well, I sell online a little bit, but nobody really wants to buy vegetables. Like I, you know, I'm selling to sell at farmers markets this year, but I'd rather have somebody else do it. Mm -hmm. I give a lot of it away. Oh, true. Yeah, I give a lot of it away. So, like, to the local Philly area, or to more like my friends and stuff, and people in like bars will trade. You know, like we come in with tomatoes and get some beers or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Um, I so, to come back with a big shovel. This yeah, sucks. That, that's a pretty deep tree. It's a big, it's a big one. This is like a perfect bonsai tree. That's really cool, though. Yeah. 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 And so, kind of final question that we've been um, asking everybody. So, from your experience in, well, you can either do it uh, from being on the farm or uh, being in Philly. Like, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned that you want to impart on someone else? God, that's hard. Um. The greatest lesson but there's no like there's no like one answer there's not like one one thing that fits everything else there's no really I you know I took a spill on my dirt bike right here and ate it it was like the worst <laughs> it was the worst one yet <laughs> on this hill yeah yeah on that right there yeah. I think there was a like a black walnut there but whatever um. and um you can't like like you know there's not like one thing you could say about one anything like you know there's not there's not one all-encompassing answer, you know? There's not one thing that's going to keep consistent or stay steady. Juliana led us out of the field into the hillside barn, or bank barn, the inside empty with vacated horse stables, once occupied by horses Juliana described as... Fitz and Fiona. And uh -huh. Fitz was a dick, but Fiona was my buddy. Barn swallows circulated in and out of the structure as Juliana gave us some more history about the place. The barn was originally owned by John Hulme, the namesake of the local Hulmeville, and later was sold to John Paul, who was actually the husband of William Penn's great-granddaughter. 
One of the posts even had a JW carved in with beautiful calligraphy script, a piece of work Juliana referred to as 300-year-old graffiti. The history was tangible, from the sight of the old house to the smell of the drying wheat. We pitched our tent in the front lawn, started a fire, cooked up a plate of our signature dish, tuna pasta, with a bit of homegrown basil, thanks to Juliana, and headed to sleep. We started the next morning early with some of our yogurt granola and positive energy tangerine tea to hype us up for the fun day in the city of brotherly love. As two college students, our first stop in Philadelphia was the University District. We enjoyed the morning living the life of Drexel Dragons and UPenn Quakers, walking through Drexel's computer science school having heated conversations about our respective made-up machine learning research groups, and badging in to our UPenn School of Architecture, where they were setting up for the annual thesis showcase. The life of a Philly University student was suiting us well. You could say it was pretty rad. Walking through UPenn campus, we saw a sign that said UPenn graduation, May 15th. Dang, I guess we missed it by one day. Sitting on a bench was a girl dressed in a suit, concentrating on her music. She looked like a student here for the summer, so we approached her for an interview. Her name is Mina. Um, my name is Yasmin, but I go by Mina, and I'm originally from Jamaica, but I was raised in Atlanta. Oh, really? Uh, do you go to school here? Yes. Oh, true. What do you do here? Um, I'm a French major. Uh, are you undergrad or graduate? Undergrad. Undergrad? True. Yeah. What year are you? Uh, I'm going into junior year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. How do you like it here at Penn? I love it here. Really? What do you like most about it? Um, it's like a middle ivy, as in it's like not cutthroat like Princeton or Harvard or something, and it's not like too lax. Yeah, 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 true. Um, well, being in the Philly area, what do you like? Do you uh, go into the Philly area often? Mm -hmm. What do you like about it? Um, again, it's like in the middle. Like it's not as crazy as New York, but it's still like a bustling city. Yeah. How would you say that student life is here uh, at Penn? Um, I think it's really great. I think we have like a really close knit community. Yeah. And yeah. you said you were from uh, Jamaica. What what brought you to Penn, and what brought you to becoming a deciding to become a French major? Well, um, I was raised in Atlanta, uh, but I've just always loved languages, and Penn has great languages because I also study Russian and Spanish, so oh, okay. that's why I decided to come to Penn. What are you hoping to do with that? Become an interpreter for the UN. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So for every, like, so with French, doing it for any country or any country in particular? Yeah, any country. Oh, that's awesome. Not, not really anything particular. Oh, true. So uh, what else do you do, like, around campus or around in the city? Um, I am on the board for the Caribbean American Association and in the uh, National French Honor Society, and I work in the Van Pelt Library on campus. Oh, that's awesome. And if, so it's kind of like, so we're from the University of Florida, okay, uh, nice. so it's summer for us, so that's why we're traveling. Nice. Um, so is it, is it summer right now for UPenn, or is it? Uh, yes, it's summer. summer. Classes okay. ended on the 10th. Oh, so where are you still here? Uh, to work. Over oh, there. working here. Yeah. So are you working here for the summer? Um, I go to Morocco to teach English at the end of June, but oh, until really? then I'm here. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Dang. Um, so yeah, just a final question. Um, so out of your time in uh, at Penn or out of your time in Philly, what's like kind of the most important lesson that you've learned that you would want to impart on someone else? Um, I would say to don't be afraid to reach out to others. How have you experienced that? Um, it's just like, you know, like coming into the new college environment, um, everyone feels pressure, there's a little bit of competition, and I feel like at Penn we have this thing called Penn Face, 
think that's the downside. Uh, pen face means that like no one is comfortable like sharing how they actually feel. Like everyone just keeps a facade on. So like we say, remove the pen face. You know. Huh. That's interesting. I never heard about that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but that that's about it. But yeah, right, Mina, nice. thank you so much. In order to earn our participation badges as real Philly tourists, we had one and only one true lunch option for the day. Find the dankest, realest Philly cheesesteak in the city. No Leos and no Pats. Real Philly cheesesteaks. After long minutes of searching on Yelp, visitphilly.com, and whatscookinamerica.net, we settled on a place. Campos Deli on Market Street. Arriving just in time, we bypassed a swarm of historically motivated elementary schoolers on a field trip who surrounded us in the entire block as we devoured our authentic Philly cheesesteaks. Our mission? Completed. In our tummies? Phillied. We headed for our next stop, the famous Philadelphia Art Museum for Philly Tourist Essentials Part 2. Running up those iconic steps immortalized in the timeless film, Rocky. After we were finished being tourists and taking many pictures at the apex of the steps, fisticuffs to the sky, we sat down by the fountain and fancied ourselves to a session of people watching. One man stood out, running up and down the length of the famous steps, headphones in with a huge grin on his face. Here's Adam. Well, my name's Adam. Adam. And I'm originally from a town called Normal. Where's that? Illinois. Illinois. Most people find it quite ironic. Normal? Because I'm everything but. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what are you doing here today? Well, I work in, uh, in one of those buildings over there, and I like to run out here every once in a while. Where do you work? Do the steps a couple times. Engineering company called McCormick Taylor. Cool, cool. In one of those, the left twin building. Are you an engineer? No. I do uh, design visualization for the engineers. Oh, that's really so interesting. So I do 3D models of their designs, turn them into renderings for public consumption. Have you been doing that your whole life? Uh, not my whole life, no. I've actually had five different jobs since I've been at that company in the past 15 really? years. Yeah. What have you done so far for them? Uh, I started in their traffic group. Yeah. Um, so we do traffic engineering, um, and I just did, when I started 15 years ago, I was just doing grunt work, tech work. Yeah. Um, then I moved into the IT department and worked mm-hmm. in IT for a number of years, and then found a, a specialized niche out of there in the environmental group doing noise work, and hated it. <laughs> it was terrible. Right. Noise mitigation, stuff like that, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible job. Yeah. Um, some people can handle that sort of analytical work, I just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. So I moved into our marketing group, and I've been doing this video production, 3D work, renderings, Photography, that's general. More of your, more of your style. That's my, yeah. I've, I've really. So what kind of stuff do you all? Uh, I'm in the groove there. Uh, we do engineering, general like bridges, roads. Oh, it's so like civil. Civil, yeah, all okay. civil. Uh, actually, we've moved into the the um, energy sector recently, and we've oh, got really? a big group oh, wow, doing. Cool. Uh, what are they? Energy corridor replacements and environmental mitigation that goes along with that. Um, is if they disturb land, they have to fix it, and you know, when you're putting in a new or replacing high tension power lines there's going to be a level of environmental yeah. disturbance. So we go in and we monitor, make sure that they're in compliance, and find them if they're not. That's cool. <laughs> so you've been um, working at that company for 15 years, 15. is it? Has it been in Philly the whole time? 
Yeah, yeah, this is our corporate headquarters, actually. Wow. Uh, we've got offices in 17, 18 other locations. So I'm assuming that's the reason you came to Philly in the first place? Uh, well, I actually moved here because my wife is from the Addington-Roslyn area. Okay, cool. And uh, we started a family in Florida and then decided to move up here. Oh, awesome. We're actually from so, Florida. I'm not kidding. My yeah. daughter was born in Tallahassee. Really? Oh, really? <laughs> we uh, both go to University of Florida. Oh, okay. So wow. Gainesville. Nice competitor yeah. there. We yeah. Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So how do you, do you like being this close to the steps? How often do you run here? Uh, it's, it's actually, this is my first time since they took down the, the, the draft stuff. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. But it's, you know, every... Every couple, when the weather's nice now, I'm going to be out here a lot more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah for pretty sure. Pretty hot right now. Yeah. But... Tomorrow's going to be 91, so enjoy this. Oh, Thanks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So but, I guess, yeah, one last question that we're um, asking people we're uh, talking to is, since you've been in Philly, like, what's the biggest thing that you've learned that you'd like to pass on to somebody else? Wow. Uh, well, I guess from my experiences in life in Philly, people need to be nicer to each other. Because uh -huh. outside, like to the Midwest where I'm from, people just wave at you and they generally just mean like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. They'll just wave at you and, and just to say hi, just to be cordial. And, yeah. you know, it just seems uh, it seems like they call it the city of brotherly love, but I think there needs to be a little more love. People need to people need to pay attention to each other a little bit more. I yeah. think that's that's a lesson the city could learn and, and probably one I could too. But having come from the Midwest, it... it uh, it's like ingrained in you. It's built into me, yeah, yeah. I can't help it. So, I don't know. I, do you think there's opportunity for growth here? Do you like, are you hopeful? Or? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the influx of young people and the, the just the way that things are moving into the city and it, the way it's exploded in the past few years, is in the past, past 15 years since I've been here, the city's been really attracting like the millennial crowd and, and, and like I work for an engineering company. So they're, they're, they're certainly drawing that type of people into the city. So you're, you're finding a lot of hope from that? Oh yeah, yeah. Just the the explosion. It's not my generation, but the explosion of the, of the, the, the building boom in the city basically means to me that the city's doing really well. Yeah. You know, there there's a there's a lot of room for growth and expansion and just continuing the trend and, and hopefully keeping people in the city. Yeah. You know. It's cool. Yeah, it's a really great city. Yeah. We're enjoying it so far. Cool. Right on. All right. Well, thank That's you so much. Thank you so much for listening to our sixth episode. If you made it this far, high five your nearest neighbor. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, and also write us a review if you can. It really means a lot. You can tweet at us at, at @tunapastapod or find us on Facebook. If you want to say hello, email us at hello at tunapastapodcast.org. Also, please visit our beautiful website, tunapastapodcast.org. This episode was produced, edited, and recorded by myself, Nikhil Thoda. And myself, Takashi Wicks. This episode includes music from Bill Conti and Yuva Take. Special thanks to Yasmina Horozovic for editing help and Luke Olstorn for producing our theme music. Shout out to Steven Orlando for writing about us in the University of Florida News. If you want to see his incredible and well-written article, you can check it out at news.ufl.edu. Special thanks also to Juliana, Mina, and Adam for the great conversations. We really appreciate it. Also, shout out to NPR's Wow in the World for being the soundtrack of this leg of the trip. If you have kids, love science and learning, or just enjoy some Guy Raz, make sure to check it out. I'm your host, Nikhil Thoda. And I'm Takashi Wicks. Thanks for listening. Philly, more like silly. Okay, so back to normal. <laughs> no, we were done with that. Okay, so Philadelphia, what do we... So right now we're walking 
uh, back to the car, which is a 20 minute, 23 minute walk on this beautiful scenic roundabout in Philly. Something like that. It's very beautiful, nature. Nice. Philadelphia, okay, so what do we think about Philadelphia? It's great, you know, it's a really nice city, lots of cool people. A very most generic <laughs> response possible. <laughs> you know, lots of scenery, lots of landscapes, tall buildings, buildings characterized by glass architecture. But no, Philadelphia is really cool. We broke into the um, University of Pennsylvania Architecture School. We also broke into really Drexel. Cool. We also broke into Drexel's Computer Science School. Uh, it's actually like a it's an apartment. A yeah, but yeah, walking by the river, Philadelphia, ten out of ten. I'd say so myself. I'd give it like an 8 out of 10 just because, you know, I'm cynical and stuff, but overall, um, <laughs> I'd give it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> oh. a terrible idea. Um, okay, so what do we do? We went to, uh... We went to Drexel. We went to Drexel. Parking is also, we found street parking for $5, so I think that's the only reason why we're, like, Philadelphia is really cool. Yeah, we're, like, in a good mood. Because we're in a super good mood, because it wasn't Washington, D.C. or Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, which both kind of... Well, Washington, D.C. doesn't suck as much as Atlanta does. Thanks. But, yeah. Yeah, we went to get this amazing Philly cheese steak. We got... Don't go to OG. Pat's. We got OG. Go to... Campos. Campos by East Philly by the water. Really good. It's near uh, Penn Landing. Watch out for a bunch of sixth graders. Shout out to Miss Mulligan's IS48 uh, sixth grade class. That's so Ms. Shout Mulligan. out to them. Shout out to that dad. That yeah, shout out to that super cool dad that we saw. Uh, dad with like three kids that was like wearing this New York Mets shirt uh, that was at Campos at about uh, 12.05. Super cool. Really well organized with his kids compared to the people that are trying to organize the kids from IS 48, 6th grade school. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he was just really enthusiastic, pretty inspirational. I think he was really cool. He had the kids really hyped about the Liberty Bell, and he was like, you want to know fun facts? And I don't know, I dug it. It was really cool. I also dug it. <laughs> I dug it. Um, but yeah, Philadelphia, architecture-wise, really cool. Uh, train system-wise, really easy and cheap, 225. <coughs> <coughs> 225 to ride the ML uh, F, really, really nice. Um, also, this running path is super nice. Like, we're walking by the water. I guess it's like a bikey path. Pretty, pretty. But yeah, um, and then we saw Liberty Bell. Um, we saw pictures. Overhyped, it doesn't even ring. So. It doesn't even exist. We saw it through a glass. We mirror. saw it through a glass mirror. And it didn't exist. Independence Hall was there too, but it was guarded by security people. And then. Franklin was. And then we sat on the curb. Fun fact, if you sit on the curb on the main street, Market Street of Philadelphia, <laughs> nobody will say anything, even if the truck or the buses are, like, right by your knees. Yeah, I think we got run over. We didn't get run over. We didn't notice because we were really tired. Yeah, and then we got in an Uber uh, on the wrong side of the road. I rode with Olivia. Shout I out to asleep. Olivia. Nikhil fell asleep. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice nap. Then we arrived at... The art museum. museum. I stopped recording at some time. Oh, I know I didn't. 